Today I'm beginning my third teaching on a subject that I've entitled, Humility, God's Path to More Grace. And what I did was just use dozens and dozens of Scripture to just show what the Word of God has to say against pride and for humility. And this is really important, I believe, in our day and age because uh, humility, a godly type of humility, is in very short supply, even among Christians. Sad to say, the Christians today are more plugged into the world, more influenced by the world probably than any generation of believers that have ever existed just because of all of the internet, the television, and all of these kind of things. We're just inundated with all of these arrogant, proud, boastful uh, attitudes that just come across constantly. The people in movies and, and the things that most Christians watch, it just models uh, an attitude that is completely ungodly. So I think it is very, very appropriate to go over what the Word of God has to say about true humility. You know, one of the scriptures that I use, let me just turn over and use this to kind of summarize everything that I've been saying, but it's over in 1 John chapter 2 and in verse 15 it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The pride of life, the arrogant attitude, the independent attitude, the attitude where people are saying, I'm a self-made man or woman, and they are taking credit for all of these things and not realizing God as their source, that is not from God. That is of the world. And sad to say, so many Christians have been sucked into this and we have attitudes that actually cause God and His kingdom to resist us. These are some of the conclusions that I've made during these first two weeks of teaching is that there's a lot of Christians that are praying for something and it may even be a God-ordained, a godly thing that you're praying for, something that God laid on your heart that He wants you to do. But you may have God's kingdom actually resisting you and keeping you from prospering. Not because He's personally against you. He loves you and it's by grace that He relates to you. But God's kingdom is set up on humility. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, this was Jesus speaking, I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. The scripture also says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? If God is meek and if you aren't meek and instead you are doing your own thing and you're leaning under your own understanding, there's just no way that you are going to really uh, have the relationship with God that you desire or that you need. It also says in Psalms 138 in verse 6, it says, God uh, will draw nigh unto the lowly, but the proud he knows afar off. If you are operating in pride, then it keeps you at arm's length from God. Not because God is pushing you away, but you are pushing God away by your pride and your arrogance. Uh, the very last thing I taught on, I started talking about what true humility is, and that needs some explanation because religion, when it does teach on humility, is basically teaching about being condemned and beat down, thinking poorly of yourself and uh, things like this, which is not true humility. 
I use Moses as an example that the Scripture says he was the meekest man on the face of the earth out of Numbers chapter 12. And yet Moses is the man who wrote that. It, you know, most people's attitude of humility is if you're humble, you'll never know it. That's not true. That's not true. Moses was humble and he knew it. And he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I am the meekest man on the face of the earth. And you know what? God inspired him. It says in the New Testament that all of the things that were written under the Old Covenant were, were God-breathed. God inspired men to write it. So God inspired Moses to write that he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. And if he would have said, what would people think of me? You know, people are liable to think I'm bragging and promoting myself. I wouldn't write this. You know what that would have been? Pride. So humility is not just thinking low of yourself, you know. A lot of people kind of have like a draw a line right here and say, if you go just the tiniest bit, if you promote yourself, if you think good of yourself, if you think anything decent about yourself, you're in arrogance. You're in pride. But you can knock yourself down as low as you want to go. You can think poorly of yourself. You can go around with low self-esteem and that's humility. That's not true. Humility is just not exalting your opinion about yourself, whether it's above everybody else or below everybody else. If God was to tell you you're the meekest person on the face of the earth, it would be meekness. It would be humility for you to say that. And if you say, well, I'd never say it. What would people think? Then you aren't truly humble. See, true humility is just not promoting yourself or debasing yourself. It's just loving God, loving other people. And if God says that you're the righteousness of God and that you can lay hands on the sick and they can recover, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, if that's what the Word of God says, it would be, it would be arrogance, it would be pride on your part for you to exalt your deflated and low opinion of yourself above what God says. It's humility for you to do what God says about you. You know, in my own personal life, uh, you've heard me say this many times, but I was an introvert. I couldn't look at people. I couldn't talk to people. I was just paralyzed. Uh, and now I'm doing things that are completely against my nature and stuff. And you know, for me, it is humility for me to stand up and say, I can do what God told me to do. I will go to all of the people that God sends me to. I will speak to people. It's humility for me to be bold and to step out. And again, see, this violates a lot of people's idea about what humility is. They think that humility is weakness and it's timidness and it's shyness. For me, I, that's the way I was naturally. It is humility for me to be bold and to stand up and proclaim that if I lay hands on you, you will be healed. Did you know what? That just goes against everything in the natural for me, but that's what God says. Mark chapter 16, Those, these signs shall follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's humility for me to sit there and proclaim that God is with me, that God has anointed me, that God is going to use me, that whatever I set my hand unto prospers. You know, we're building all of these buildings and you've heard me talk about this. It's humility for me to sit there and say that my God supplies all of my need, that I will get this done debt free, that we will accomplish these things. And see, for some people, that is, you would just look at that and think, well, you're an arrogant person. No, for me, it's humility for me to sit there and say things that I know people are going to take 
and they're going to misinterpret and they're going to sit there and think, well, you, boy, you just think you can do anything in yourself. I'm not saying that through myself I can do anything, but I do believe that through God I can do whatever He calls me to do. And that's humility. So I've, I've really got to establish that what a lot of people think is humility is just a religious thing where you're weak, you're beat down, you're condemned, you think poorly of yourself, and that's not true humility. The scripture says you shouldn't think more highly of yourself than you should, but it doesn't say you should think more lowly of yourself than you should. Basically, religion has said you can't knock yourself down low enough, but if you go just the tiniest bit above this standard, then you are in pride. No, pride could be sitting there thinking that you're the scum of the earth and being condemned. That's very proud. You are centered on yourself. You are focused on yourself. And the Word of God says you're the righteousness of God, but you say, oh no, I'd never say that. Well, then you're proud. You are exalting your opinion above God. Amen. I know some of you are shocked saying, well, I've never heard things talked about this way. Here's what I want to do. I want to start establishing what is godly humility. And again, you need to get a godly perspective on humility because there's a ditch on either side of this road. You can get over here to where you're arrogant, thinking that you are a self-made man or woman and taking credit for things. That's wrong. That's pride. But also over here where you're thinking that you're just nothing and that you can do nothing and that you're nothing... Uh, that is pride too. You are just exalting your opinion and your feelings over what the Word of God says. You know, let me go back to one scripture that I've already used in this process. When we started talking about this, I showed that all pride came from Satan. He exalted himself. And here's what he said in Isaiah chapter 14 in verse 12. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? And here was Satan's pride. It says, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. His sin against God wasn't hatred for God, but it was envy of God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted the praise and the worship and the glory that was going to God for Himself. And He chose to break away from God, quit glorifying God, and to take the glory for Himself. And did you know that this same thing is still happening today? Satan will do anything to divert people's attention away from the Lord. You know what? God is drawing every person. Romans chapter 1 says there's this intuitive knowledge on the inside of every person of God's existence, His power, His glory. And so every person, every person that has ever been born on the planet knows that there is a God and that they are not Him, that they need someone. Someone created them. Now, there's people that can deny that and harden their heart and persist until Romans chapter 1 says that they can sear their conscience, that they can uh, be reprobate, excuse me, searing their conscience is in 1 Timothy chapter 4, but in Romans chapter 1 it says they become reprobate and God takes all knowledge away. But everybody at one time knew that there was a God. And Satan... Uh, he can't stop people from acknowledging that there is a God, but what he will do is try and pervert it. Turn them to idolatry, 
or turn them to greed and lust and all of the things. The scripture says, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, that covetousness is idolatry. He can't keep us from worshiping something, so he'll just try and pervert it and get us to worshiping, you know, fame and riches and all of these kind of things. Satan is just out to draw people's attention away from God. He is jealous, envious of God. And any way that he can get you to exalt yourself, to start, you know, taking these people that our world honors, people that don't have any integrity and get you to start idolizing them and worshiping them and stuff, he will do anything he can to pervert all of this. And it all comes back to this, pride. His original sin against God was he, he was envious of God. He rebelled and he wanted to be independent of God. He wanted all of this glory and all of this praise to go to himself. So here's the very first characteristic of true humility that I want to bring out. And that is that true humility is dependence upon God. Lucifer's original sin was independence from God, breaking away from God. And you can see this same thing in Genesis chapter 3. This is how he came against Adam and Eve and tempted them. It says in verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman responded. She knew what the command of God was. Says, uh, she said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. A bold-faced lie. It says in John chapter 8, verse 44, that Satan is the author of all lies. This was a lie. This was inspired of the devil, speaking through this snake. And then he says, For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Let me just rephrase this, that basically he was telling Eve that God is holding something back from you. It would be better for you to break away from God, to be independent. Don't be controlled by God. Don't let what God says dominate you. You exalt your own opinion. You do it your way. And she looked at this tree, saw that it was good to, to the eyes, pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to one, make one wise. And and the fruit looked good, and so she take it and took it, and she exalted her own opinion. You know what that is? Most people call this disobedience. They call it rebellion. They call it all kinds of things. But you could also call it pride. She exalted her opinion. She leaned unto her own understanding. She broke away and became independent of God. And so I want to say that one of the distinguishing characteristics of true humility is just absolute, total dependency upon God. Did you know most people wouldn't see that? Most people, as you talk about humility, they probably wouldn't uh, phrase uh, dependence upon God. But if Satan, if Lucifer had just stayed dependent upon God and have done what he was created to do and kept glorifying God, we never would have had Lucifer become Satan. If Adam and Eve would have just said, you know what, he's God, uh, it's not up to me to pick and choose and decide all of these things. He's God. I'm not. This is what he said. I'll obey him. And if they'd have just stayed dependent upon God and obeyed God, none of this would have ever happened. Did you know that all sin is rooted in this sin of pride? That you exalt your opinion. 
you think that you know more than God. You know, Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23 says uh, that it is not in man that walks to direct his own steps. God gave us that choice. He is not going to force His will upon us. He made us a free moral agent and He allows us to choose. But the right choice would be to say, God, you are God and what do you want me to do? I'm absolutely dependent upon you. That's humility. And a person who will sit there and do their own thing, they could phrase it in a lot of different ways, but you're just operating in pride. You have exalted your opinion. You think that somehow or another you know more than God. You know, there's so many people that just look at the Word of God and the standards of the Word of God as being so outdated. And here we are, we're an enlightened generation and we are now so much smarter than all of this. And so we have changed things. You know, there was actually a president of the United States who claimed to be a Christian and yet he endorsed homosexuality. He endorsed abortion. He endorsed a number of things that are completely contrary to the standards of the Word of God. And at a news conference, they actually asked him, how can you say that you are a born-again Christian and embrace these uh, modern uh, standards and values that are completely contrary to the Word of God? And man, his answer was that the Word of God isn't truly the Word of God. It may have originated from God, but it came through people. It was influenced by their society that they lived in. It's tainted and corrupted by their own uh, values and these values are outdated and today we now have more wisdom and more uh, knowledge than this. And he basically just threw the Word of God out and says you just can't depend upon it. You can't dominate your life by We've got to go by our current way of thinking and the values of people have changed, etc. And I'm telling you, that just goes against everything the Word of God says. You could, you could say a lot of things about that, but you know what that is? That's pride. That is you exalting your own opinion. That's you looking around at the way things are being done today and says, I think that we're smarter than God. I think that our standards are better than God's. You know, that's not true. There is coming a time that every person who has sat there and promoted these things that are completely diametrically opposed to the Word of God, and I don't care if they get recognition and pats on the back and if they've got the momentum of society to behind them, there is coming a day that every one of us is going to stand before God. And it, when He stands there in His awesomeness and we see the glory of God and we know all things, even as also we are known, these people who have who have, you know, mocked the Word of God, who have insulted God, who have done all of these things, they're going to see God in His glory. And I guarantee you, every single knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess. They are going to admit that God is Lord and they are going to become absolutely submitted and dependent upon Him. Now, if we do that in this life, then when we stand before God, we'll be rewarded and God will say, well done, thou good and faithful service. Not because we've done everything perfectly, but because we put faith in a Savior and His righteousness will be applied to us and we will be able to enter into the joy of the Lord and rejoice and have an awesome eternity if we accept and bow our needs, humble ourselves, and put faith in Him in this life. But if a person just persists in their own way, does their own thing, which is what I'm saying is pride, they are operating independent of God, of His Word, of His truths. They're exalting their own opinion and they're living by their own standards. 
They may look like they're winning in this life, but when they stand before God, they will bow the knee. They will have to admit that He is Lord, but it won't give them entrance into eternity. It's only what you do in this life that determines where you spend eternity. You are going to admit that Jesus is Lord. You are going to come to the same conclusions that the Word of God comes through to. But if you are forced to do it out of being overwhelmed by His glory when you stand before Him, you won't spend eternity with Him. You'll spend an eternity separated from Him. I'm telling you, it's important that we humble ourselves now. True salvation is actually humility. It's saying that I can't save myself. It doesn't matter how good I live, how much I try and do all of these things, I could never be good enough. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Nobody, I don't care how holy you are, it doesn't matter if you're holier than I am. Who wants to be the best sinner that ever went to hell? All of us have sinned and we deserve to go to hell. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. Every one of us have sinned and we deserve to go to hell. And if you are trying to earn your salvation from God, if you are trying to work and be holy enough and overcome habits and stuff, and then you're going to stand before God and say, God, look what I've done. You know what that is? That's pride. That is dependence upon yourself. That is not humbling yourself and saying, God, I can't save myself. I need a Savior and crying out for help. You have to humble yourself and cry out to God. And if you will do that, the Lord will give grace unto you if you're humble, but He resists the proud. Humility is being absolutely dependent upon God and not going above it. That's primarily what's been uh, magnified, but it's also not going below it. You have to hate the things that God hates. And for you to stand there and, you know, you have a godly standard, you know what truth is, you know what right is, and yet you don't say something when you see evil and you don't warn a person. Some people will say, well, I'm just operating in love and mercy. Know what you're doing. You're loving yourself. You don't truly love that other person. Here's another verse that I've already used, but man, I just can't get away from saying some of these things. This is powerful. And Leviticus chapter 19, verse 17 says, Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. It is love to rebuke a person in love. I, now there's a wrong way to do this and we have certainly seen religious people who came out and just, you know, blasted the sinner and did things like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying you have to hate evil and see what it's doing to people enough that you warn them. And if you don't warn them under any circumstances what this is saying, and if you don't tell a person that sin is waiting on them and that this is going to lead to destruction, then you hate them is what this verse says. And the next verse is one that is often quoted where it says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It's talking about love. And it is not love if you know that a lifestyle is going to destroy a person and yet you will not tell them the truth. It's not true love. And so for you to sit there and say, well, I'm just operating in love and mercy towards people. No, what you are, you just are proud. You are exalting yourself. You do not want the rejection and the criticism that would come your way if you were to stand up and speak the truth of the Word of God. Man, I, I, that's amazing. So true humility is just dependence upon God. And if God says do this, whether it is 
arrogant or whether it's debasing yourself. You just do what God says. You are dependent upon God. You know, I've used this example before, but um, a friend of mine, Happy Caldwell, turned his church over to uh, some other people. And this is the church that he and his wife, Jeannie, had built for I don't even know the period of time, but I'm sure it was over 20 years, 20 to 30 years or something. They had invested lots of time and effort in it. It was their whole life. And yet God told him it was time to move on. He's now started building a television network and putting himself totally into that. And anyway, he turned his church, his assets, everything over to somebody else. And he was teaching at this at a minister's conference and he was talking to a lot of older ministers and he was talking about how we do need to transition and raise up the next generation. And so he just talked about that there's many people in there that need to make this same transition and then he gave an invitation and the invitation was something about uh, he wanted us to consider. Would you give up everything if that's what the Lord told you to do? Would you turn it over to someone? Would you go out and start over again? Would you go do something? Are, are you just trying to establish a kingdom and you're standing there and, and uh, standing in the security of it? Or are you really dependent upon God and following God? He didn't use this terminology, but basically what he's saying is, are you going to exalt yourself in your own safety and your own convenience and your own security, or are you really dependent upon God? If God told you to do something brand new, would you just give up everything and go do it? And the invitation was something along those lines. And anyway, as I stood there, I prayed and I said, God, is there anything else that you want me to do? And I don't feel like the Lord told me to do anything. I think I'm right on target. And so it's not time for me to step down yet. But the point is, as I prayed and asked this, I can truthfully say within five seconds, I said, God, if you want me to go somewhere else, if you wanted me to move to Africa and start ministering in a grass hut and ministering to just a few people, I'd be glad to do it. I walk away from everything. And you know what? That is humility. Just being dependent upon God. And I know that God has given me, I'm just now getting some traction, some momentum that we're able to do things and reach people. We're raising up disciples. And so anyway, I know I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And so I'm not considering leaving or doing anything else. But I'm saying I'm willing to do it. And I had to confront that. And I can truthfully say that if God wanted me to go do something else, if He wanted me to start over, if He wanted me to go and start a brand new church or minister in a Bible study or do whatever. I do whatever God wants me to do. That's humility. Humility isn't only, you know, not promoting yourself and things like this. It's just doing what God tells you to do. Not having your own agenda. You are absolutely dependent upon God. Moses, when he was talking to the Lord in Exodus chapter 33, he says, Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I will go with you and I be, will be with you and I'll direct your steps. And Moses said, Lord, if you don't go with me, I'm not moving. You know what that is? That's humility. He was expressing total dependence. He says, God, I'm not moving without you. I can't do anything without you. Well, look at this verse. This is something else. In Psalms chapter 10... I'm going to break right into the, this psalm, but in verse 4 it says, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Now this is going to shock some of you. But you know what humility is? 
Humility is seeking after God, being dependent upon Him, recognizing that you just can't do anything on your own, that you need God's wisdom. You need God's guidance in every single thing. And God is in all of your thoughts. You are just absolutely dependent upon Him. This is saying it's wicked not to seek after God, not to have God in all of your thoughts. And the reason that that happens is because of pride. Now again, most people think, well, I'm not arrogant. I don't think I'm better than everybody else or all of this stuff. But are you dependent upon God? Or let me rephrase this. There's a lot of people that the only time they really get to seeking God and when they really pray is when they have done their own thing. It leads to a dead end. They have total failure. And then when they crash and burn because they've done it their way, they turn to God. You know what that is? That's pride. And yet most people think, no, this is just normal. You're, you, there's a lot of people that honestly have an opinion that you only depend upon God for things that you cannot do. If you can do it, then you ought to do it and you only use God as kind of like a safety valve, something that is when you go beyond yourself. There's a lot of people like in the area of healing. They will sit there and depend upon the doctors and they will explore every medical uh, option that there can possibly be and only if it's beyond the reach of the doctors do they really depend upon God. Now I'm not saying that doctors are evil. I'm not saying any of those things but I'm saying that you ought to seek God. You ought to look to God and the very first thing you ought to do is to pray about it. And yet most people will be more dependent upon the natural, everything natural. They will expend all natural resources before they turn to God. There's a lot of people that when it comes to finances, the scripture tells us not to owe any man anything and do all of these things. And yet most people just totally ignore the instruction of the Word of God. And what they'll do is they'll do it their own way. And only if they can't secure a loan or only if they get to where they can't make their payments and if they run out of their own ability, then they'll turn to God and they'll pray and ask God to intervene. But they won't follow the instructions of the Lord and be totally dependent upon God and do things God's way. And I could just go on and on and on. When is it that most of us spend the majority of our time praying and seeking the Lord. When you're in trouble, when it's gone beyond yourself. But as long as everything's good, as long as it looks like you can handle it, most people don't spend much time speaking, seeking God. You know what that is? That's pride. True humility. One of the distinguishing characteristics of true humility is absolute dependence upon God. If you are a person that only uses God after you have done, exhausted all of your own natural resources and every other natural thing around you, then you're a proud person. And God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. When we humble ourselves and become dependent upon God, I tell you, there is grace. There is supernatural ability that flows towards us and we need to become God-dependent. Jesus said that He was the... He was meek and lowly in heart. And so how did Jesus manifest this meekness, this humility? In John chapter 5, verse 19, it says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of Himself, but what He seeth the Father do. For what things soever He doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. 
You know, I've actually heard some people take statements like this by Jesus and try and speak against His divinity and, say this, and, say, and they will say things like, see, this shows that He wasn't God because He said He couldn't do anything of Himself. He could only do what He saw His Father do. Instead of this being some statement of His lack of divinity, it was just the opposite. It showed His complete oneness with God the Father. He was sinless and He was so in tune, so dependent upon, upon God. They were one that He could not operate independent of Him. If Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, could not operate or would not operate independent of His Father, then who do we think we are that we on our own can sit there and operate independent of God? Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. I am absolutely dependent upon the Father. That's the way that we should be. You know what that is? That's humility. Man, that is an awesome statement right there. And again, I believe that most people don't look at humility this way. They look at humility, well, let me say it this way. They look at pride, the opposite of humility, as when you are just, you know, in hatred towards God, you are defying God and all of these kind of things. But it could be as subtle as you just, you know, acknowledging Him and knowing that He exists. You may be a born-again Christian. You may love God. You may be headed to heaven. If you were to die, you would go there. But are you living your life independent of God? Do you always do things your own way and only when you fail do you turn and ask God for His wisdom and direction? You know, I've used some of these examples in the past, but to me, again, this is a great illustration. But we have people say things to me all the time about God told me to come to your Bible college, but... And then they start giving me all of their problems. And then they want me to comment on it. And I just tell them, I said, you lost me the moment you said God told you to do it. If God told you to do it, you just do what God says. But this might cost me finances. It might cost me friends. It might cost... It doesn't matter what it costs you. See, you shouldn't lean under your own understanding. That's pride. You are exalting yourself. Did God tell you to do something? If He told you to do it, you just do it. If it works to your good or if it works to your detriment, you just do it. And anybody who would have another reaction than what I'm describing right here, you could phrase it in different ways, but the bottom line is it's pride. You are operating independent of God. You are leaning under your own understanding. And I pray that you're understanding what I'm saying. If we could get this attitude that I'm just dependent upon you, God, you're the boss, whatever you say, whether it looks like it's going to advantage me or disadvantage me, it doesn't matter. You're God. I'm not. What do you want me to do? And then when He speaks to you, yes, sir, and you just salute and you do it. You know what that is? That's humility. That's submission to His authority. That's recognizing Him as your source that He is in control, that He's Lord, that you aren't. That's humility. And it's amazing to me how many people do not have that attitude. And yet they wouldn't look at that as pride. They would look at it as, oh, I'm just having trouble trusting in the Lord. And, and they might, you know, write it off as, well, I, this is just my type of personality. I'm always this kind can do. We have all kinds of excuses. But the bottom line is you're just a proud person. You are not dependent upon God. You think you know enough. You think you only use God in an emergency situation. That is not the Christian life. 
Jesus went on to say this in John chapter 5, verse 30. He says, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. So here's Jesus again, the one who said, I am meek and lowly in heart. And he is expressing his complete, total dependence upon God. You know what that is? Humility. Humility is God dependence. A person who does their own thing is not operating in humility. They are operating in pride. They are exalting themselves in their opinion. Did you know when Peter saw Jesus walk on the water and he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto you on the water. And he said, come. Did you know it was humility for Peter to get out of that boat and start walking on water? Now, a lot of people, see, wouldn't look at this that way. They'd think, man, this is... They would look at it as a, a humble person would just constantly say, I can do nothing, I have nothing, and they constantly are beating themselves down. But true humility is just believing God, being dependent upon Him, and trusting His Word. If God tells you to stay in the boat, stay in the boat. But if God says, come, then you know what? It would be arrogance. It would be pride on your part for you to exalt your low self-opinion of yourself and not do what God says. Did you know for me, God has told me to raise up a Bible college. God has told me to build these buildings, to build a facility, and to uh, build something so that people can come. And it's awesome what God's already doing. But for me... It is humility to step out and to start saying over the next five years, I'm going to build $180 million worth of building and campus and we're going to do these things. You know what? That's not pride. That is humility. That is humility for me. My natural tendency would be to say, Oh God, who am I? How could I do this? God, I don't have anything. And, but if I was to speak that way, that would be completely contrary to what God has spoken to me. It would be completely contrary to the scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you know what? For me, humility is sitting here and professing and speaking forth my faith and saying what God is going to do in my life. And people misunderstand this. I've had people criticize me and sit there and say, well, boy, you're just out to build your own kingdom and you know, I get some of these criticisms. But I've had people that have been partners with me for decades come out and misunderstand my motives and stuff. And they just, and again, it's because they think that true humility is saying, I have nothing, I can do nothing. I think that true humility is just saying what God says about you. And if God tells me that I, He's raised me up to do some things, I would, I would be operating in pride. I would be exalting my own opinion. I would be worried about others, other people's opinion and approval more than I am about God if I was not to speak the things that God has put in my heart. You know, I believe that God is speaking to some people today who you have... You've considered humility being kind of condemned, beat down, low self-esteem and stuff. And you've embraced that thinking this is humility. And yet God has told you to do some things that are significant, things that are beyond your own natural ability. And you have been timid and shy about stepping out, speaking your vision and doing these things because you're afraid of what people would think and all of this. And you know what that is? That's pride. 
Pride is not only going above and saying all of these things about yourself that God never said, but pride is also worried about what people say, so therefore you just don't speak your vision, you beat yourself down and stuff. True humility is just saying what God says and you don't worry. You don't care about anything. The only person you're out to please is God. That's humility. And you need to get to a place to where you can just embrace what God says about you. And if He wants to put you as the lowest person on the totem pole, that's just fine. You know what that is? That's humility. But if God wants to put you on the top of the totem pole, if God wants to make you the leader, it, it's humility for you to accept that position and to step out and to do what God says. True humility is just a dependence upon God, an obedience to God, a submission to Him. And wherever He wants you to go, whatever He wants you to do, you just do it. If He says that you can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, it would be pride on your part for you to say, Oh, I could never do that. See, you're exalting your opinion and your own self-worth, your opinion of yourself above what God says about you. True humility is just being dependent upon God. And I want to encourage you that, man, you need to learn to be dependent upon God, not go above it, nor below it. What does God say? What has God told you to do? And then you just do it. You do it if it hair lips the devil. You do it if everybody misunderstands your motives. You just do it. You know what that is? That is humility. Man, that's awesome.